Hey everyone, this is VHS Dreams and you're listening to SuperSynth with Super T and Arcade Kit at 101.5 UMFM. sensational episode of Super Synth, starting the late night Saturday party block here on 101.5 MFM. I'm your host, Super T with Arcade Kid and Spirit, and tonight we're playing part two of our interview with Jesse Fry. If you tuned in last Saturday, you would have been able to hear part one, but rest assured, if you did not tune in last week, you can download it off of UMFM's official website. It should be the most recent episode there, dated March 30th. But as I said, tonight is part two of our interview with Jesse Fry. And in this episode, we talked about her latest single, Fantasy, and talked about how it has emotional connections related to breakups and how we humans try to deal and cope with those feelings and emotions. She also talks a little bit about more of her dark side, uh, as in music, musical tastes, and the genre itself. And we also explore her personality uh, a little more by asking her some personal questions. Jessie's a lot of fun. She has a really great personality, really easy to talk to. It was just a lot of fun getting to sit down and talk with her about music. We also talked about the 80s. She told us some of her favorite 80s movies and musicians. So, again, a lot of fun. Want to thank Jesse so much. And we can't wait to do another interview with her in the future. So sit back and relax uh, because part two is going to start very soon. We hope you enjoy it. And remember, tonight it's 1987, only on 101.5 UMFM. Our next question is related. So... I just realized all these questions are somewhat connected to each other, which actually worked out. With this, with your new single, Fantasy, uh, again, want to say, fantastic song. Glad to see it's doing so well. Can you tell us a little bit of the backstory behind the song? Because I'm listening to it, and I'm just wondering, what's the story behind it? Well. <laughs> if you don't mind sharing. Uh, that's okay. It's just, you know, um, it's oddly personal um, for me to... Normally, as much as I, I'm always present in my songwriting, but for some reason, this song just felt like I was actually being more confessional than I'd ever been. Oh, okay. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, And I think sometimes listening to music in the genre, sometimes the lyrics, you can start feeling like you don't even really know anything about who you're listening to. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we can get caught up in the aesthetic of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to combine really emotional songwriting with with these sounds. So the story of fantasy, it's basically conveying and expressing how powerful uh, desire and a sexual connection and a romantic connection to somebody can be in, in a sense where it, it's, it almost disturbs you. In right. A way. It's like a drug. <laughs> you don't have it, you start losing your mind. No, it's deeper than that, though. I think it's um, sharing a connection with someone, experiencing a breakup, yeah, and re- realizing how that person fulfilled you, but also being kind of upset that 
you can't fulfill it yourself. Mm-hmm. So feeling weak and vulnerable and honestly, you know, love and sexuality, that, that those are quite literal drugs. You know, anybody that's read anything about science, <laughs> <laughs> love chemically is a drug. So I think fantasy is just about, wow, I've shared such an intimate experience with someone and I, I don't have it anymore. And yeah. it makes me very empty. So pretty dark and sad. <laughs> yeah, um, certainly. But I mean, I feel that with that song, I feel that it can yeah. be relatable to a lot of listeners, uh, myself included, actually. Uh, just, Yay! You know, <laughs> to I've been going. To say to somebody, you are my fantasy. Oh, my goodness. That's a big thing to say. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a very intimate thing to say to somebody and to share that with someone is very intimate. So there's a lot of ways you can take it. Which no, is good. Definitely. Definitely. And yeah. speaking on a personal matter, it's been kind of conflicting, you know, just thinking about those sort of things because when it happens in life, you're like, oh, geez. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it kind of, you almost get in this non existential v- mm-hmm. view of yourself mm-hmm. and just like, what is life? Why are we here? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's okay. I think you have to kind of go through that to find out who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, definitely. That song, it came out, what, what earlier in January? 25th. 25th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was like, I thought it was January 20th or something, sometime around there. Yeah. But yeah. if that song had come out two or three years ago and I had listened to it, I'd be like, this song, I understand it. And I'm just, I don't know, I probably would have just been like hiding from everyone for a whole year. But uh, it's <laughs> listening to it now, I'm relating to it still.
but it's it's a powerful song. It really is, and um, it's just. I appreciate that. You're welcome, and it's just great to know that you actually took something personal and you made it into a story for people to hear because that's what music really is. I think songs, they're stories. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it was hard for me to do those vocal takes because they were so direct for me. Lots of times, Fade of Memory was about a dude that I met like three times, okay? Mm -hmm. So I kind of painted this character from a boy that I had kind of fallen in love with, maybe more in lust with, right? Right. That I knew wasn't good for me. So Mm. Fade of Memory also had kind of a, a... uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Carefree. Even though there was like some sadness to it, bittersweetness, there was still like a fun element to it a little bit. Yeah. You know? And it was personal, but this is more, fantasy is more, explains more as a part of me that is always going to exist. Oh, I see. Yeah. You see what I mean? And so mm-hmm. um, I think like during the bridge, the, the, um, Stolen moment, that part. Yeah. I, I was, we did that all in one take, and I was crying. My gosh, wow. Yes, and we were like, that's it, that's the one. Jeez. I don't think you're able to hear it, but the, uh, I've got nothing on that, I don't know if I'm in the right key, but <laughs> <laughs> on that last part, my vocals distorted because I was singing so aggressively, but I don't think it ended up showing up on the mix, I think. Once we process my vocals and everything, the, the, the natural distortion that was there, I, I don't think it's very audible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for, for someone to say, um, I need a man who understands, you know, as a woman, that's a really personal thing to say for everyone to hear. Yeah. And I think that's part of the emotions that you're feeling when you listen to the song is I'm being, I'm being vulnerable. Get 
Like you said, we as individuals are all pretty vulnerable. And when we're letting someone mm-hmm. in and then it's just taken away from us or we're lied to, it's just, it's soul crushing. It really is. Sure, absolutely. You sharing those, the, the stories about the vocals when you were recording, I, I'm just thinking to myself, wow, like this, it really, like you really, really, really put your heart into this song and it, it shows by, while listening I to it. That. I uh, really appreciate that. You're I, welcome. I really did. But I can't can't talk about it without talking about my producer, Matt Aslanian. He is basically the other half of me when it comes to my records and my songwriting. He's been my producer for several several years now. We've grown together. Nice. He he mixed uh, Faded Memory. He's partly respons- He's largely responsible for it sounding the way that it does. Mm-hmm. I bring in a song like Fantasy to Matt, and we work on it for hours in the studio, and I let him work his magic and Matt is such a professional and has such a genius ear when it comes to pop and things that uh, not only can, can help make the song what it should be, but also helps me just take it to mm-hmm. a whole other level. So Matt Aslanian is, um, I hope he gets, starts uh, getting more recognition as a producer in a genre too. I think that would be just phenomenal for him. Certainly. Shout out to Matt as well for all Shout his hard work. Shout out to Matt. Well, it's funny because Matt's like in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Matt. I'm in the vocal booth right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I was going to say, yeah, there are certain songs, Synthwave that I'm talking about, that just hit me right in the feels. And mm. I can't listen to those songs while I'm in public because I'm afraid I'm just going to break down or something. And sure. I was listening to Fantasy on, on the Way to School today. And yeah, I, I was like, ah. I'm not skipping it because I don't like it. I'm skipping it because I don't want to cry in front of everybody. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. You know, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting interesting reactions. You know, there's, most people are saying, there's a hint of sadness to this, but I really connect to it and I really love it. Or I love the emotion in the music video. You know, there's, there's various degrees of people's responses, but mm-hmm. it's, it seems to have a general consensus. I was going to say, one thing that I noticed was... Uh, it's very colorful and very uh, bright 
but the song itself is very dark. And I kind of, I've been rewatching a lot of Miami Vice lately, and I noticed that in some episodes, when I was a kid, I didn't understand it. They used pop songs sometimes in very dramatic or intense scenes. And as a kid, I was like, oh, why are they doing that? But now I'm like rewatching and I'm thinking they're doing it because they're evoking the emotion and they're they're also putting this ironic twist on it. So it's kind of what I noticed from the music video. Well, you know, to be honest, I'm a goth kid. Oh. Those are my roots. I'm a goth girl. Um, oh, interesting. I have, a type of negative, I have a type of negative tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> are you Raven from Teen Titans? What's up? Are you Raven from Teen Titans or are you not familiar with superheroes? Oh, I'm I'm definitely not that. Okay. Uh, do you know who Typo Negative is by any chance? Uh, I I can't say I do. No, sorry. That's okay. They're 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 a, It's like they're super iconic, but not everyone knows who they are. They're one of those bands. You know mm, what I mean? Okay.
but <clears throat> I grew up listening to, I mean, a lot of pop, like Michael Jackson, Madonna. Of course. And even like, you know, like I said, Tori Amos in terms of songwriter, more songwriter type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite band is Cure. Really? They've been my favorite band since I was five. Wow. And, and um, you know, like I, Nine Inch Nails, Sisters of Mercy, Typo Negative, of course. I just love dark stuff. And um, <laughs> it, me and Matt, actually, we always laugh because we try to, not every song, but a lot of times we'll try to see if we can make something, add some darkness to it. Or even visually, I kind of can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Faded memory being the exception, I think. Most of my stuff, there's a bit of Tim Burton darkness to it. I don't know if you've seen the music video for Honey, but there's some darkness in that and fantasy. You know, the, the tub, yeah, the tub scenes were dark, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually, I don't know when it's going to happen because I'm so busy, but I'm star. I, I'm trying to start a side project called Witch Harbor, which is, it's going to be this dark death metal, goth death metal band. Oh. So, yeah. I nice. really want to get that off the ground. Don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm super dark and heavy, <laughs> which that doesn't always come across, like, if you see my Instagram, but... <laughs> well, I mean, I can kind of get the vibe. Uh, like, I don't like to put labels on people, you know, but... Uh... It's like under the surface, bubbling, always. Ah, uh, you're revealing some truth. Revealing some truth to us, I see. <laughs> yeah, I think being dark is cool because there's a certain real, realness to it. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no, there's no two ways about it.
now that we've discussed fantasy, you said you're working on a single with Robert Parker and a few other singles, and you did say something about an EP coming out before the summer, correct? I'm hoping so. Kind of taking it, excuse me, one day at a time right now. Okay. Because I just, you know, when you have like five or six songs that you're working on, it's hard to say what should come out, what should be a single, you know? Yeah. And I'm really picky. I I am so hard on myself about what I release. I'm very hard on myself, too, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is this. I'm not going to release the EP on Spotify. Okay. Because, because they'll already be available as singles on Spotify. Mm. So what's the point you right. know, of digitally releasing an EP if all the songs are already there? What I'm going to do is create a special physical release for fans to be able to purchase. Oh, nice. You know what I'm saying? So, like, hypothetically, this is not going to be this. I don't know what it, what the tracking will be, but let's just say it's, you know, Faded Memory, Fantasy, Robert Parker tune. Yeah. Another tune. Blah, 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 you know, say it's like four or five songs, then I'll put them all on, like, a cassette tape or something, you know? Oh, dang. And, and do a really special, beautiful packaging, you know, and, and that'll be... If you want a collection of Jesse Fry songs, there you go. Yeah, I will buy it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and we'll promote it too, you know. Uh, We like to do promotions on the show for local artists and any synthwave artists. So, yeah, when that comes out, we'll definitely promote that. Cool. Yeah. Do you have any, like, a working title for the EP or the album? Uh Uh-uh. No idea. (laughs) Nothing at the moment? (laughs) It'll hit hit me. (laughs) Yeah, just when you're getting fries on a Friday, right? Exactly. Yes. We love that. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate the shout out you gave us on Instagram live. Oh, of course. When when that happened, I was just about to go to sleep, actually. And you gave the shout out and I was like, oh, yay. She still knows who we are. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So, but which one are you? I'm looking at the pictures. Are you the one with the mustache? No, that's Arcade Kid. So you're the one in plaid. Yeah, that's me. Okay. Handsome. Very handsome. Oh, well, thank you. I'm blushing here. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I am uh, I am getting my hair cut, though, so just letting you know. Okay, well, don't get it cut too short now. I, I won't. You got <laughs> to keep rock and roll thing going. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm also, I don't know if it's visible there, but I'm uh, wearing a RoboCop shirt. I can kind of see it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, RoboCop <laughs> is... In. I'm I'm zooming in on your face right now. Don't you love social media? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Standing on a skyline Watching all the cars go I'll never 
just two more questions here, Jesse. Um, sure. With the 80s, because I'm, I'm going to assume that you were born in the 80s, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite year or favorite thing about the 80s? You know, I think the 80s, looking back, are, you know, now we can say are, we're definitely an interesting time because, and maybe a little bit of the 90s, too, mm-hmm. That was a different feel altogether. I think there was a certain innocence that the 80s had in terms of pop culture. Right. I think that's why everyone misses it so much now. Makes sense. You know what I, you know what I mean? One of my favorite things was, okay, so was uh, Legend in the 80s? Legend? The Ridley Scott film. Oh, uh, I should that know. Is, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I'm... That, that, that was like Tom Cruise's first film. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm usually okay. an '80s guru. I should know this, but I I failed. You're okay, I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, '85. Okay, so right smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Right. So that's like one of my like the labyrinth was probably also around that time as well, right? I think labyrinth was '87. Okay, so le- even better. Legend was before it, right? Yeah. So I think um, to me, Legend is a great testament to the to the '80s because. We have a film where there is no special effects mm-hmm. uh, by CGI. Everything is handmade. And I love that about movies in the 80s like Labyrinth and Legend, where there's this magic. Does, does that make sense when something is created by hand and crafted? Yeah, yeah. You're not using any, like you said, special effects or crazy editing or CGI Sort of like has, movies nowadays. It has a certain, for lack of a better word, charm. Right. Or... or, or Authenticity. Authentic, thank you. Authenticity to it.
So I guess in a weird way to answer your question, I think that was part of the most beautiful thing about the 80s. Mm-hmm. Is that it was like, it wasn't painted. Right, right. <laughs> but everything we're, we're tainted by now. I like symbolism. I'm really big on symbolism. Oh, nice. So I, I see something and I and to me it means a hundred things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Also, uh, I don't know about you, but a couple of years ago, everyone like hated the music from the eighties. I don't know if you remember that. That was like a fad. Where really? it was like popular to like dog on the eighties. Yeah, I really specifically remember that. Maybe it was just here in Texas. I don't know. There was like this thing like, Thank God, thank God we don't wear hair like that. Thank God we don't have only the only good band from the eighties was Bloody Blah. I mean, you know what I mean? It yeah. was kind of that dialogue. Mm-hmm. I never really understood it myself. I think so so movies like that I think were very special. I also think um toys. You know, were still very creative. Yeah. At the time to- um at the time <clears throat> before uh, I mean I would get like Batmobiles for Christmas. Well, they probably still have those. Oh. Things you can just- yeah. No, I'm a huge Batman good. fan. <laughs> But, you know, I don't think the 80s were the best time for comics. Yeah. In my opinion, because that's like the Bronze Era, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bronze Age. Bronze Age. Thank you. I know a fair bit about comic collecting. So sometimes when I look at eras, I'm like, oh, what were the popular superheroes and that's during this time? I think it, the 80s were strong for um, cult movies as well. You know, Lost Boys and stuff like that. So. Oh. I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the Cure, greatest band of all time, released a lot of great music. <laughs> they really do. They have a lot of great songs. Yeah. So in, I think in terms of fashion, too, it's pretty cool to look back and see how off the wall and creative everything was. But there was, like, this beauty to it because even though, like, a lot of the makeup is maybe gaudy or too much, it still works. Mm-hmm. You know, it still creates an aesthetic that's very specific. I think it's interesting that we're trying to recreate—maybe not recreate, but revisit, revisit the eighties. Oh, the last, the last unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Was that also the eighties? Yeah, eighty-two. Oh yeah. See, sometimes the unicorn. <laughs> No, just me. All right. Well, you have homework. You need to watch the last unicorn. I know. Now I have more homework. <laughs> that and legend. Um, yeah. Yes. Because yes. I was born in the nineties, ninety three actually. Okay. And, and so I didn't grow up in the eighties, but I remember just my mom showing me eighties music, and I watched eighties shows growing up, and then I liked the eighties movies. So it's like part of the reason why I wanted to also have this synthwave show is because. I loved Synthwave. When I first discovered it, I'm like, oh, this is totally 80s. And then just that connection was just made in my yeah. head. And now I can't, like, I can't stop it. And I love it, you know? Good. Yay. It's uh, something that Arcade Kid and I both share a love of, the 80s. It's really cool. But he also really likes the 90s. I'm not, I'm not much for 90s, but, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> the last question we have, this is more a uh, personal question. So aside from music, what are some of your favorite hobbies or things you like to do in your spare time? Music. <laughs> <laughs> All I, music. You know, I get asked that question a lot. I'm boring. I am You're not boring. Well, well, under a microscope, I think I get a little boring. Um, I'm very focused. I'm a workaholic. 
Uh, I'm I'm proud of what I've done in my, in my music career, but I'm not where I want to be yet. So that's always I'm always hustling <laughs> to yeah. get to the next level. Um, I love to work out. Oh, nice! Yeah. So I'm always trying to stay fit. I guess that's a hobby. It feels more like um, a meditative state. Yeah, I mean, it's not something that's necessarily fun for me, but it's something that's more like a necessity because if I don't work out, I feel like horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love to read. <laughs> I am sounding very boring. No, um, that's not boring. Well, we see, I'm a music teacher. I'm a private vocal coach and a private piano and songwriting teacher. Nice. So I mentor mentor youngins mm-hmm. and some and some older beginners as well. So I've been teaching music for over ten years now, and um, nice. Yeah, it's just uh, music is even when I if I'm not doing music, I'm doing music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I. I'm either preparing for a release or doing a photo shoot for the single or doing a music. I mean, I'm always pulled in one way or another. So, mm-hmm. um, sleep, read, work out, teach music, write music, play music. All music. It's really kind of my life. Everyone, everyone has their thing and, you know, everyone's unique yeah. and creative in their own way. Yeah. Hopefully that was, not the most boring answer you've ever heard. <laughs> no, 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 no answers are boring. They're all uh, interesting, all interesting to hear of. Well, uh, want to say thank you so much, Jesse. Uh, do you have any last uh, comments or things you'd like to add in? No, I just thank you so much for having me and asking some really great questions. Oh, thank you. I can't take all the credit. I have to give some credit to Arcade Kid, but uh, really glad well, to Arcade Kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, he will. He will. I'll pass the message on. So happy that we had this chance to sit down with uh, a synthwave wonder as yourself, a vocalist, and um, hope to have you back on the show again and uh, to stay in touch and whatnot. Absolutely. You got it. Uh, Everybody, Jesse Fry. Thank you, guys.
Shame. 